So yeah, the Bollywood number at the end of Triple X. Oh, it would have made the movie like a hundred times better. I mean, it's already freaking international as fuck. Well, oh, yeah, they try. They they literally like try to cover every country, like every continent at least. Yeah, <laughs> like one big star from every continent. It's successfully so. Too. Yeah, but then just I would have loved to see Vin Diesel like attempting to dance and the, just this full on Bollywood. I bet Vin Diesel would agree with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's tons of YouTube videos of him, like, singing. I hours, mean, of all the things so, that, like, hours of like he thinks that his character can do in that movie, like, why not just add a Bollywood dance number to the end? Dance. Yeah. He, right. <laughs> after watching him, like, longboard, like... Oh, down a mountain. And, like, yeah, it's, like, scrape against the side of a bus. <laughs> or, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> or jet ski motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, are we ready, guys? Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This. I'm your host, Dennis. And as always, I am joined by my two great, fantastic, beautiful, sexy human beings of co-hosts, Colin and Craig. How are you both? I'm good there, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feeling the love. Yeah. Yeah. Um which is kind of appropriate because we uh, we are now doing uh, this is a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and there's there's a lot of love going there's around in this so movie. There's so much love for this movie and in this movie mm-hmm. and everything this movie. Yeah, it's so good. Yes, yeah. it um, it like a lot of family stuff. You know, this this movie mm-hmm. reminded me of like, oh, I I'll, I'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> uh, but first, uh, without uh, any further ado, let's kind of just go over the little the the plot synopsis of um. Of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, um, yeah. Uh, so we kind of begin. The Guardians have been hired to uh, defend these batteries uh, from a like celestial force that is coming to destroy them. Uh, they've been hired by an alien race called the Sovereign, and they continue to have this really great uh, fight scene uh, mm-hmm. against this giant beast. Um, as Groot dances, yeah, like, this is like Baby Groot is dancing around. This is the like, opening credit scene. Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. this is happening during the opening credits. And it's in the so. background. The fight scene is in the background. Yes, and like in in the foreground, we have Baby Groot just kind of dancing around and here and there fighting with rats and whatnot. Right, and so they're working for the Sovereign, which is like this race of like super pretentious assholes and like genetically purified and super pretentious assholes yeah Yeah. super pretentious um and they're like pretty technologically advanced and shit and uh ends up rocket like steals some of the batteries that they ended up like that they were hired to protect and so then the sovereign attacks them yeah well let's not forget that essentially their payment for this job is to uh, retrieve Gamora's sister Nebula, right? Uh, in order to bring her back for uh, judgment and they're, you know, sentencing. They're taking her back to Xandar to be yeah, sentenced. Know, sentenced there for like her crimes. Oh, um, uh, by the way, this probably makes no sense to anyone that hasn't seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. uh, if, if you haven't seen the first one, stop listening now. <laughs> it's, 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 this is gonna be chipperish. <laughs> also, if you haven't seen the second one, stop listening because spoilers. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. massive spoilers for an excellent movie. You should definitely see it before listening to our shitty review. Um, but yeah, so as they're leaving uh, and being attacked by the Sovereign drones. Um, a mysterious uh, being shows up and destroys all of them at once. Uh, we later find out, or actually quite soon find out, that this person is uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord's father, uh, who we find out his name is Ego. Played uh, magnificently by Kurt Russell. Yes, yes, the fucking ever-magnificent Kurt Russell. Um, so as Rocket uh, is repairing the ship, 
they go back to Ego's planet where uh, they find out that Ego, it's not only his planet, he is the planet um, and is essentially using the force from the life force from the planet to shape it to his will. Uh, so as that's going on, we uh, go back and Rocket, Rocket. gets uh, Rocket was uh, kidnapped by Yondu, um, and uh, with oh the and Ravagers. Groot, yeah, Groot yeah. and Rocket are kidnapped. Groot and are kidnapped by Yondu and his and Nebula. Yes, yes, and Nebula are kidnapped by Rock uh, Yondu and his band of Ravagers. We learn that um, Yondu and his band of Ravagers are kind of outcasts from the greater Ravager community because they had taken part in child trafficking, which is against the code right. of the Ravagers. Yeah, the Ravagers are they're bad guys, but they're not terrible bad guys. Yeah, no, they're just like we'll kill people. Yeah. There's just like we'll traffic people. A statutory kids. limit to who we right, can statutory. kill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's a mutiny on the ship. Uh, Yondu is unseated by Taser Face, which is yeah. just <laughs> which played is out hilariously so, in this movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to how funny that scene is. Um, but so, and then Taser Face proceeds to execute everyone who is loyal to Yondu, uh, keeping Yondu alive so that they can um, collect the bounty. Collect, on his yes, head. exactly. Collect the bounty on him at the same time that they're going to collect the bounty on Nebula. Um, yeah, and then we go back to Ego, where everything seems bright and sunny, so of course nothing, you know, is going right. I mean, there's always something secret going on in the background, right. which we find with Mantis talking to Drax, um, and they're kind of having this, like, anti-love relationship. Um, let's see. So we find out that, essentially, Ego is um, using... The creator of everything. Yeah. Ego is, like, basically a god uh, he's like an eternal being. Right. Like he creates his planet. A around celestial. Him. He's is, a celestial, and yeah. that um, Peter Quill, Star Lord, has the same uh, genes. He has the same stuff, so he is also a celestial. And he um, ego begins training him and harnessing and using that power. Right. And uh, he reveals <laughs> his uh, sinister plot of spreading himself across the galaxy. Uh, to every planet in existence, because ego has created existence, and so like he, he wants feels... it all to become one again. Right? Yeah. Because um, he's ego. Yeah. So uh-huh. he's planted flowers on, well, like these pods on different planets. Right. Um, all again, over the this galaxy. is gobbledygook. Unless you've seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we find out, yeah, that he's planted these seeds. Um, not only on planets, but in women <laughs> across the galaxy, oh, yeah. um, trying to create progeny in order to um, further the celestial gene, and Peter's the only one where it took. Um, so that's why he's so excited about having him back on the planet to use him essentially as a battery um, for... Well, essentially he wants him to join forces, and then when Peter right. realizes what he's doing, he forcefully uses him as a battery. Yeah, because to... he can't do this project by himself. He yeah. needs another one of him. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, Star-Lord isn't fully off-board this until he learns that uh, he all, that Ego also killed his mother. That right. Ego, like, implanted the tumor in her brain that caused the cancer that she died from. Mm. And so that's what sets uh, Star-Lord off to fight Ego, like, all of them starting to fight Ego. Um, so, meanwhile, back with the Ravagers, Rocket and Yondu have managed with the help of Baby Groot and um, Yondu's uh, main supporter, uh, um, Craglin, Craglin um, Sean Gunn, uh, who is 
also Kirk on Gilmore Girls. Uh, he, uh, they managed to uh, take the ship back to kill all of the mutineers and destroy the ship and get away. And they are going to Ego's planet to help save the day. Yep. Yondu has a change of heart. Yes. And at the same time, uh, Nebula has also left the Ravagers at this point and is headed towards Ego to kill Gamora. Right. Um, and so they all kind of converge at once on the planet, um, very conveniently, of course, because it's a movie. Yep. And they uh, all find out essentially what's going on and that they need to destroy the core of the planet uh, and Rocket uh, remembers the batteries that he has that are highly explosive and so fashions a bomb which he has Groot take to the core and, as and, they fight. In the meantime as they are fighting this celestial being that is Ego, the Sovereign Fleet has found them and the Sovereign Fleet is attacking them. Shit's to, going down! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just everything is, is colliding at once. Yeah. There's like three storylines and they're all like come to an excellent climax at the end. And yeah. like it's this crazy battle on a planet that is alive and is fighting back. And uh, there's like, I mean, what? How many characters involved? And they all have their own fucking like epic moments in this fight. And, you know, uh, Nebula and Gamora fight it out. And Gamora has this amazing moment. And, uh, and, and Gamora and Nebula kind of achieve some sort of uh, truce. Reconcile. Yeah. You know, they, um, they realize they've both been victims of Thanos and that they're, you know, working together. They'll have a better chance of bringing down Thanos than right. if they kill each other. Um, so eventually everyone is trying to get back to the ship to escape from the planet as Quill is trying to destroy Ego and Rocket is getting the bomb down there and eventually they get off of the planet, they destroy Quill and, uh, Yondu sacrifices himself to get Star-Lord back to the ship and to save Star-Lord's life. (sighs) Um, this leads to... His sacrifice for Star-Lord leads the uh, greater Ravager community to forgive him and um, welcome him, you know, posthumously back into the Ravager fold. Which Um, made me cry like a tiny child. Oh, (laughs) 100%. Yeah, no, I was tearing up for sure. Yeah, well, well, I said this, Dennis and I saw this together and we don't talk much about these movies after we see them, but I was saying, like, in the first movie, I teared up when he said when Groot sacrifices himself and says we are Groot and this one when the Ravager fleet showed up and started shooting off their fireworks for Yondu and they gave him like the true Ravager funeral for Yondu I cried like a bitch (laughs) I I, I was just full on weeping yeah (laughs) it was it's it 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 reminds me of Fast and the Furious but like this is like what Fast and the Furious wants to do yeah they just do it humorously well yeah cause yeah it, in an over the top way this is like done really well like the theme th- themes of family you know from you know different backgrounds and shit yeah it's a, and it's a huge ensemble cast oh. it's it, they play well off of each other like every relationship is is so like well tailored right and you know like Rocket being like the super grouch who's like you know the you know hard outer shell and like the but, gooey inside you yeah know? exactly and, being like soft on the inside yeah and, and even like, like balance him off balancing him off of Yondu oh, like beautiful. as like similar as like mirrors Guys, of each other <laughs> speaking of Yondu and and Michael Rooker in this movie he's slated I, it's 
I kind of think this will never happen in a million years, but I think that Michael Rooker should have a best act supporting actor nomination High for five. this movie. I can't agree <laughs> with you Because in a movie that's as ridiculous as this, is, I mean, it's a comic book movie for one, and you just heard us talking about the plot. You just heard us saying what yeah, this movie is about. It sounds like we all have tinfoil but, hats on right but now. But in the middle of this, Michael Rooker is delivering one of the most grounded emotional performances I've seen in a movie in the past, like, two or three years. It, like, it's a shatteringly good performance. It's like Moonlight-level, like, performance. You yes. Know? And it, that's weird saying, coming from, <laughs> like, the context that this is Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Volume 2. This is Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. <laughs> right. But Michael Rooker is incredible in this yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, it's Oscar-caliber performance. And, like, that's, it, that's what seals the deal for me of pushing this ridiculous movie into being better than the original. I 100% think this is better than the original. Right. And, and I think this is... It, it's a, a runner for me for if it could be my new favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's it, it's tough to do better than Captain America Civil War, but this is not not Civil War. Uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, I was like... Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Colin. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Colin. It's, it's, it's tough to be better than Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, but... I I I I say that this series is my favorite MCU series, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, yeah. like they're the they're the most entertaining movies to be. Uh, this one draws on on your heartstrings, you know. So you you have that. And, and, and these are so funny. Both right. of them oh, are just God. hysterically funny movies. Yeah, I mean it was yeah, and it was. I mean I feel like Ant Man like just went all the way with just the comedy of it. Yeah. And this movie, I feel like, does even a better job of the comedy than mm -hmm. Ant-Man did. Like, Paul Rudd is, like, a one-man, like, comedy machine, and right. he's golden. Yeah. But this, like, has so many great characters that work off of each other in such a great, funny way that it definitely outshines the, like, most of the comedic moments in Ant-Man. Which is, it's... in. It, it's it's more ridiculous movie than Ant Man, which is already. I mean, Ant Man. The concept is ridiculous. Like yeah. the guy shrinks himself down to an ant size, and he can command ants around and shit. And he's like super strong, like a human still. And it's just like the whole fucking thing is just ridiculous. <laughs> but like this is even more ridiculous than that. I mean, yeah. you just heard us describe the movie. There's a cybernetic raccoon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's a talking there's tree. A, a talking tree. That yeah. All it says is I am Groot, and that can mean a million different things. And somehow various members of the crew can communicate with him. Right. But oh my god, can we talk about teenage Groot? Oh, that was. So <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> it's just littered with like plant stuff. Like, yeah. it, like it, there's like dried leaves all over the place, and Star Lord is coming in, just being like his dad. Like, when are you gonna clean up in here? And teenage Groot's like, I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, uh, speaking of, of of our the really funny stuff, let's talk about Taser Face. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> that was great. It's like an over a top, over the top barbarian character, and his name he calls himself Taserface, <laughs> which of course Rocket just picks up on and starts like teasing him merciless, mercilessly about what that's the name you chose. <laughs> <laughs> so he just woke up one day, like, let me think of a badass name for a Ravager. And you came up with Taserface. <laughs> and I love how it's like all of the other Ravagers are kind of like, 
you know, intimidated by him, like, because of his demeanor and, like, his right. size at first. And then, like, as Rocket keeps going, they're just, like, breaking down yeah. into laughter. Like, <laughs> And this all pays off so well. When the ship is being destroyed, he's, like, getting his last comeuppance by contacting the, um... The Sovereign. The, the Sovereign. And he's saying, I just want them to know that the man who brought down their device was... Taser face! <laughs> and then the lady on the Sovereign Man just starts laughing at his name. <laughs> it, uh, this is great. I mean, this movie, like, it make, it cracks jokes about, like, how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And it, it, it just, it, it plays off just perfectly. I mean, Drax, like, holy fucking shit. It just home run. I the mean. Whole, throughout the movie. Yeah, like, every moment, like. Just like, especially that moment, uh, which was like in the trailer, and I still found hilarious with Mantis, like touching Peter Quill and like exposing that he's in love with Gamora, and he's just like, "Ah!" like, "Ah, she just on your most vulnerable secret to me, to me. Uh, Like my favorite part about that is when she's like, when Mantis describes like what the ego uses her for, which is like to help him sleep. And uh, uh, Drax is like, oh, do that to me! Yeah. <laughs> it's like she does, and she just like Sleep. <laughs> and Mentis is a great addition to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. She was this awesome. A great character. I love the relationship between her and Drax. Throughout the whole thing, Drax is saying like, you are hideous! <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, but that's great. He's like, because... Beautiful people never know if anyone really likes them. Right. Like, so he's like, but you're hideous, and I still like you. So, yeah. so you'll know. Yeah. And, uh, like, my favorite is uh, when, like, someone comes upon them and, like, asks them, like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And Mantis turns and is like, I'm learning lots about how ugly I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're adorable. But then at the end, it, there's a, another really beautiful moment about he, like, says something, you are beautiful. On the inside. Yeah, at the end even. Yeah, he's like, you are beautiful. See? It, <laughs> and then it's like, holds for a second. On the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like moments like that where like this movie does what Fast and the Furious has been trying to do for eight movies now and does it better. And, and it it's, did it better in the first movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. In the first movie when they're going to confront Ronan and he says, you small rodent. You are my friend. And you, this person, you are my friend. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is great. But, like, what's just so, I guess, maybe ironic about the whole thing is that, like, technically, Fast and the Furious is grounded in more reality than Guardians of the Galaxy is. And yet they're dealing with, like, this concept of family way better in Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> than Fast and the Furious is doing, you know? Yeah. Which is a funny concept to think that Fast and the Furious is grounded in some sort of reality. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> Comparatively mean... speaking, yes. <laughs> it takes comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy. In order yeah. To do that. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, and I loved... So, yeah, going back to, like, character interactions and relationships... So, yeah, we've got, like, yeah, Mantis and Drax have their thing. Um, I loved, loved, loved the development of Gamora and Nebula throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I, like, when they, like, hugged, I, I teared up a little bit, oh, too. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, When they were, like, she was, like, all I wanted was a sister. And it was just, like, we're both just trying to survive, like, under Thanos. And, and yeah, we both, like, fucked up. And neither one of us knew what we were doing because we had such a horrible father. Like, right. figure, like in our lives it was fucking Thanos so of course we're not gonna grow up as you know well balanced like reasoning like loving siblings and like that whole thing between like 
her being like a nebula having like her body parts removed yeah like if gamora beat her and uh like in fight in their their duels and then like that coming across is like gamora just being like well i was trying to survive too like and she's like well i just wanted a sister and at the end i was just like oh god i know you guys are so it the allegory is strong in this series like it can relate to like like so many people from like so many like just different backgrounds can relate to a movie like this you know it's there's nothing like just there's no just straight up relationship in this movie you know there's nothing like even referenced close to that there's yeah no nuclear family quote-unquote represented in, in this movie and, which is how it should be because that's how re- reality is everyone <laughs> comes from crazy ass backgrounds and, and that kind of coming back to michael rooker and the relationship between star lord and um uh, yondu yondu God, I cannot talk today. <laughs> um, but the risk would be Star-Lord and Yondu. Like, Yondu wouldn't deliver uh, the young Peter Quill to Ego because he knew what Ego wanted to use him for. Right. And this whole thing, the line that, another one of those lines that really hits me is like, just because he's your father doesn't mean he was your daddy. Right. Yeah. I know. You, you, think, like I, you think I kept you because you could fit into small places, boy? <laughs> oh, I was just like, it kills me. I'm just like, oh, God. You are his <laughs> and, dad. Like, the whole first movie, like, Yondu is just kind of a weird bad guy-ish yeah. type character. In this one, we developed, again, that he's got this real, like, soft spot on the inside that he really is a good guy at heart. And it's so good, you guys. Oh, it's so good. It's excellent. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone is in this movie. Oh yeah, which terrified which is... me at first. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw it in the in the credits, I was like, "What? No, don't, no, no, don't no, no, do no, that." No, 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 no. But, but <laughs> yeah, he, he it was he was there so minimally that it was okay. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, it was the perfect amount. Which I just is very little. <laughs> I just wish that he was dressed up in his Judge Dread costume. <laughs> yes. It oh was my so god. Close. It was so close. It was very close <laughs> to being. His Judge Let's Dread merge costume. those universes. But, like I am okay with that. But as yeah, opposed in, to oh my sorry no. <laughs> he's in two scenes and really just to pay off the thing of the Ravager community and Yondu being an exile from it and then Yondu being brought back into it. But then there is one of those post credit scenes which sets up maybe continuing stories of Stallone and his crew of Ravagers. Yeah. yeah. Which I, Craig, do you know the resident comic book uh, guru? Uh, no, so yeah, I've, I've, yeah, Guardians was not really my jam growing up. I was always like X-Men, uh, mm. a little bit into the Avengers. like. Um, but yeah, Guardians has never really been that far, like that, that much on my radar uh, until recently with so you, this whole thing. You don't know so. what that... On that entourage that Sylvester Stallone had at the end there was referencing? No. So I had Not no fucking clue. And I then, wish I did. <laughs> what was the other one? I forgot about the second one. There was a second like reveal where it was like, oh, I have no idea who that character is. Oh, uh, Adam Warlock. Adam so Warlock. that's, yeah, who the Sovereign are creating. Um, right, is okay, like yes. the, the next level of the perfect being is going to be Adam Warlock, um, who I believe is going to tie into Doctor Strange. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's gonna be like Sorcerer Supreme versus like Adam Warlock, or like that's gonna tie in, because uh, yeah, he's. It seems like they're making Doctor Strange be the sh- like the connecting thread for um, like all of like the Avengers universe into the Infinity War, mm. um, with like him being able to go like multi-dimensional across the multiverse, um, and him having like the post credit scene uh, with Thor at the end of his movie. Okay. Um, I haven't seen and, Doctor Strange yet. Yeah, Neither he, have I. Yeah, there's a post credit scene with Thor at the end of that movie. Right. Um, and 
yeah, with Adam Warlock, I, it seems like they're going to be having Doctor Strange be that, that connecting factor okay. into Infinity War, which I am so on board with. I, I always thought it was going to be Thor, since, like, Odin's whole thing is, like, we are go to all these different worlds and shit and kind of control all of it, and we're DCs yeah. in each, and blah, blah, blah. But the thing, yeah, but that's the thing, too, is, like, the, the, uh... Damn it! What's the name of the place where they live? <laughs> Who? Um, Thor's Thor's realm. Oh, uh, a- 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 Asgard, Asgard. Yeah, Asgard. Asgardians. Yeah, thank you. Wow. <laughs> Talking today seems to be hard for all of us. So great <laughs> yeah, for a podcast I'm, episode. I'm glad it's not just me who cannot talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are recording kind of early. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, Asgardians just kind of really deal with things within like their like I feel like it's like nine realms or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Doctor Strange is like the protector of the multiverse like he is like over all dimensions all like everything like he is the sorcerer supreme of the multiverse so so yeah he's pretty much like the one step down from the watcher um, who we saw? Who we saw? Yeah, the watcher. The, the watcher. Yeah. Watch 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 you can almost hear Paul F. Tompkins cheering somewhere. <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, somewhere you can hear Paul F. Tompkins being. That's my favorite reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, which I I thought this was actually one of the better uh, gratuitous Stanley cameos. I think it might be the best Stanley cameo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just on an asteroid with. Uatu the Watcher and, like, Telling two other stories. guys who look just like him. Yeah, well, yeah, the Watchers are, like, yeah, Uatu yeah, is of one watchers. of the Watchers, yeah. But, he, but just Stanley on, like, a, an asteroid with, like, three Watchers, and he's just telling stories, being, like, <laughs> as if he's writing what-if comics that yeah. the Watchers would always be featured in. Right. And uh, I, I hope, like, future, the future cameos of, of Stanley is just that. Like, from now on, it just, like, cuts to, like, him talking to the the Watchers. You know? Yeah. Just, like, completely pull him out into this, like, fourth dimension in the fucking MCU. <laughs> I think it'd be good. Um, but so, what I, were we talking about? <laughs> well, I think you don't even have to be a comic book fan or a fan of the MCU in general to like these movies. No. That's like one of the best parts about this franchise being a very like obscure like franchise within the com- even, within, even within comic books right. like the Guardians of the Galaxy were never like a major major yeah. like comic book franchise and so like they were able to take this fairly unknown like these fairly unknown characters and create this amazing movie out of it and yeah people don't need to necessarily have comic book knowledge to enjoy these movies they're yeah, super they're, accessible they're, to they're, any moviegoer really they're super accessible they're really funny they're full of like great heart and character and and they're just really solid movies yep despite being you know comic booky and popcorning and stuff these right. movies have a lot of heft to them excellent family sh- movie yeah. Uh, the theater that we were in, it was like there was just nothing but families, and they were just absolutely in love with but Groot. families and one very obnoxious woman who was sitting next to me. She loved Groot so much. <laughs> it, no, it was it was so. Any time Baby Groot was on screen, she went cute. Oh my god! <laughs> I this, like before this was a trailer for that Tom Cruise mummy movie, and any time the mummy showed up on screen, she went creepy. <laughs> oh my god! You would have loved her, Craig. <laughs> oh my god. 
yeah, I like I kept trying to be annoyed with Groot because it was like one of those things I where know, it was right? like I really wanted to be annoyed with like how they kept pushing this toy pretty much. Yeah. Like because that's pretty much But like, he was so adorable. Yeah, no, but like every time he just won me over. I was just I like, oh my god, my heart is melting. I love you, Groot. He's I don't so care. adorable and he's so funny. Like there's <laughs> yeah. he just keeps paying off these great comedic scenes. They're trying to break out of the brig on Yondu's ship and Rocket is sending baby Groot to get the thing that they need and he keeps bringing back the wrong thing and oh, that was the best. let me explain it to you again more carefully yeah. I am Groot in the he universe. brings like a whole desk and it's just like <laughs> no no my, my favorite is uh, so like in the Star Wars fandom there's kind of this running joke about R2-D2 having like the dirtiest mouth ever because oh, like, yeah. the only people that could understand it was like C-3PO and like I guess like a pilot I... of a ship when he's hooked up to a ship like, the pilot can read what he's saying. But anyways, like, there's a joke that he has, like, this really foul mouth, and he's always telling these really dirty jokes. And they kind of use that with Groot, because all he says is, I am Groot. And, like, Rocket is like, we gotta work on your language, man. Like, well, yeah, because it was, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, was when, uh, it was right before Yondu, like, sacrifices himself to save Peter. Like, yeah. he's, like, sending off Rocket and Groot. And then, like, Groot, they turn around, and Groot's like, I am Groot. And he's like, what did he say? And he's like, welcome to the friggin' Gardens of the Galaxy. <laughs> Except he didn't say frickin'. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that moment. Oh. That moment followed right by when Rocket won't leave without Yondu. Right. The planet is collapsing, and then Yondu eventually says, you gotta let me have this one good thing in my life. I've done, like, so much wrong. You gotta let me have this one oh, good thing. killing me. Oh, God. He's killing me. I, <laughs> I went into this movie, I, I heard that someone dies in it, and so, like, the entire time I was like, who are they gonna fucking kill? Who are they gonna kill? I thought it was gonna be Rocket at the end. I thought um, they were gonna yeah, kill Rocket, no. and I was gonna be like, oh, no, don't do that. But Yondu was just as bad. Like, oh, God, it was so sad. Well, so Marvel actually trolled, like, the fans... By having uh, Michael Rooker show up on the set of Infinity War, uh, like for like photos, and so like everyone, like no one thought that he was gonna die at the end of this movie really? because like he was on set at Infinity Wars, and like yeah, it was apparently all just a trick to make people like believe that he was gonna survive through this movie. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah, that's great, that's deep. Yeah. Well, they might they might have flashbacks to Yondu. I, I don't want Yondu to be, to be gone forever yeah i mean i'd be okay yeah yeah it's one of those <laughs> I mean, things where it's like when they try and go back they made the character in this i think it would be more meaningful if he is dead and gone forever yeah there's no i guess way. you're right uh, well anything else guys um yeah so well like one thing a uh, little thing about uh mantis is the uh character creator for her um let's see steve inglehart uh, was a little upset at the portrayal. Well, he wasn't upset about how she was portrayed. He just said, that's not my character, pretty much. Oh. Uh, because apparently she is actually, like, a human in mm. the original, in her in the original comics. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little, like, piece of trivia, like, that doesn't really take away from the movie, but it's just like, oh, yeah, that's not actually that character. So I actually want to do some research and find a little bit more about that character because she seems really cool and yeah, I really I, I liked really how they portrayed her in I this really movie. Like this. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, the character creator said that she was well done in this movie but that just wasn't Mantis, right. like the original Mantis. So. And that, like, there's another great emotional scene when they're just it's just uh, Drax and Mantis are sitting on the steps 
and he's talking about something and he ta- mentions his wife and his child and then she touches him to like feel like his feelings to, to use her empathy powers and then she just starts uncontrollably weeping yeah. it was like because you know Drax won't show that but then like we get to see what he's feeling through her right it, it was so good I know yeah I know uh, oh, they were just the best like those two playing off each other just fucking perfect like this movie was cast so well um I mean freaking uh American legend uh god damn it why can't I think of his name Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, yes. <laughs> Goddamn fucking amazing Kurt Russell is in this movie. And I love how, like, Kurt Russell, like, like flashback Kurt Russell is just, like, the idea of Kurt Russell, you know? Oh, it's, yeah, like, totally. it's totally just, the, like, the, the idea of Kurt Russell as Kurt Russell's character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> as, and his name is Ego, which is, like, all just, like, wrapped up into... It's like, Snake like, Plissken. Yeah. all of his characters from the 80s. Like, I love Kurt Russell so much. Um, uh, I'm so glad he was in this movie. Yeah. Um, but speaking of which, you we were just talking about the de aging graphics were awesome. Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, they they made Kurt Russell look like Kurt Russell in the '80s. It was 100%. amazing. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, who, yeah. Whoever like Marvel, like spread whatever you're doing to the rest of Disney and like Star Wars, because there's been some moments like Tarkin was like. Yeah, they mm. did a good job with... I mean, he's fully animated. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they did a they good did job his... with uh, with Princess Leia. Yeah, they yeah. Made, right. Like, they made it look like young. I guess when you have something to work with, you it, it right. works out a lot better. But, yeah, because I was like... Tarkin was, like, as good as it could be. Right. But at the same time, like, the Kurt Russell de-aging was, like, seamless. Like, I, I was, like, literally... I was trying so hard yeah. to, like, find any, like... CG. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. resolution error. Like, <laughs> right. well, speaking of which, this movie is beautiful. The color palette is oh just amazing. It's gorgeous, and the it's music, like, the music, oh, the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. It's um, there's a on Spotify. Someone put to cobbled together like the the actual soundtrack. I don't think it's released yet, but it's it is the technically awesome mix volume yeah, two. Yeah, it's yeah. technically on Spotify. It looks like a fan put it together, and I've been listening to that for the past week, and it's fucking amazing. Yes. Uh, um. Yeah, the CGI is great. My favorite uh, show of that is when um, Rocket and Yondu are jumping to Ego, and they like do like seven hundred jumps or some shit. Oh, oh yeah, that scene is so funny. It's too. so good. And, and again, with us seeing this movie in like a theater full of families, like you could just hear that scene was working so well with every kid in that movie theater. Like every <laughs> child just thought that was the funniest yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a home run. Um, I mean. Because this movie, it, it's a great pendulum swing of just being, like, really emotional, like, tucking on your heartstrings, like, moments and scenes and stuff, and then going to, like, over-the-top ridiculous humor comedy, you know? And, and it, it, it executes really well without pulling you out of enjoying the movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Home run. Yeah, that's the... I think I'm, I'm out of stuff to to say about it. it yeah. J- other than just how... Gr- it's so great. Yeah, like, I, I can't wait I to watch... I think this is going to be the blockbuster to beat for this summer. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I can't wait to see it again. I really want to watch it again. Oh, yeah. Um, it makes me want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1 as well. I, oh, yeah, I went home yeah. and did watch Guardians of the oh, Galaxy really? <laughs> 1 again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if we don't have any more notes on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think this is going to wrap up our uh, second in our Blockbuster series. Blockbuster Summer, summer Blockbuster, blockbuster Series. Blockbuster! There we go. Don't get caught up in the Blockbuster! blockbuster. blockbuster. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> Loved that game. <laughs> I don't uh, think I ever played that game. Oh, no, the, that commercial the, the will game, be in my brain forever. The game itself was mediocre at best. It was fun but, for like the first ten minutes. Yeah, it, it was pretty fun for about ten minutes. But that commercial will live on forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up the game. Go Crossfire. on YouTube and just type in the Crossfire commercial and, and thank us later. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. It's going to be stuck in your head. I mean, just really all 90s commercial, like... Oh, they aced the jingle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah. No, yeah, what happened to jingles and uh, sitcom openings? Like, both of those things seem to have gone, like, the way... Like, gone out with the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, right. the little, like, songs before those sitcoms. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. It's a rare songs. condition <laughs> this day and age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, they're they're great. Like, I love them in like the '70s and '80s. Like Laverne and Shirley is probably my favorite because it's just like this ridiculous dance number montage, you know. Doing it always. All right, guys. Next podcast, we're, we're starting yeah. a new yeah, podcast, we're, we're, people. We're starting a new podcast. <laughs> in appreciation of '90s jingles, jingles and TV, and TV intros. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, anyways, let's move on. Uh, do you have any... Oh, guys, costumes. How can we... How could we possibly Oh my miss god, I can't believe we costumes. went this whole thing and almost how, how dare failed we? to talk about our costumes. <laughs> uh, I mean, how could we miss? Uh, Colin is dressed up as a freaking raccoon right now. Um, yeah. You, you've, you've obviously taken some like body contortion lessons. And... I have. I've, I've actually been studying with the guy who taught Andy Circus. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, mocap on the side... And uh, I, I'm dressed as a, a raccoon. I've got um, a bunch of future guns just strapped to my back that yep. I've been carrying around. It looks like it's a kind of, you've developed quite the expensive hobby with all of that technology that you're carrying around all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had to uh, take out a, a, another mortgage on my house. I've wow. sold my car. <laughs> my God. Um, I, I'm like right on the edge of financial collapse uh, <laughs> due to this costume and just the overall... Uh, idea of idea of it and then just the uh the hobby that has come out of this <laughs> it, it has financially ruined me yeah i mean you know if you know dennis would get those shares together we could actually get some like shit going like i'm still waiting look, look Craig. i'm still waiting where are my I goddamn think, shares okay. we, we we i don't know how many times we can explain that that equal shares of zero is still zero i don't know what to tell you. There's <laughs> no shares. You guys are screwing me. I know it. I, I don't know. I know where the vault is. I don't know what's I, going I, I on. Happily, but I want my goddamn shares, and I'm going to get them. God I will damn happily it. give you my shares of this podcast. They are zero because we make no money from this. Right. Like I'll start a patron page and show you how much zero money we'll get. <laughs> if you say so. If but, you say so. But but anyway. <laughs> Uh, Dennis, your uh, Gamora <laughs> costume is just oh. out of the park. Thank here. you, thank I mean, you. Um, yeah, um, my uh, boob lady is on point, um, as you can see. Um, I got new prosthetics for this costume. I um, was gonna say, I, I I know you had the prosthetics, but I was gonna ask if those were new prosthetics. No, a little yeah, yeah. Like, just like, ooh, ooh. Oh yeah, no, I, I threw down on this costume, and, uh, and they're also green. Yes. Well, I tattooed my whole body green. Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, because I thought it was just makeup. But no. Wow, you went to the like. No, this you, is you, permanent. You, oh, well. You, you actually tattooed yourself from head to toe. Gotta commit. In green. Yeah. yeah. 
you, you even have like the silver lines on the mm-hmm. face. That... Is is that appropriation? I don't know. I mean, is is that like are we are we green facing? Is are, are we gonna <laughs> get, are we gonna are we gonna get Zoe like Soldana is a woman of color? So this is like, <laughs> on the borderline of being inappropriate. Yeah, are we gonna transcoloration? Yeah, are we gonna get like angry emails about this? Probably. <laughs> I'm sure I'm offending everyone. Yeah. God damn it! This racist or it's all right. Inter galactic speciesist i don't yes. know speciesist i think is, is more of the term right. in this case oh. but but i mean you really committed and you got to admire that yeah all for art you know way to go <laughs> making people talk <laughs> um but i mean not as much as a uh, like uh, craig's full-blown uh, drax costume that is going on i mean you've really outdone yourself i haven't seen you wear like a t-shirt in over a week now um, and and also, I just have to say, it's remarkable how fast you developed those crazy muscles. Yeah, like we recorded Alien like a week ago, and between then and now, you are like shredded. I mean, you know, it's all about protein, bro. Like <laughs> you just gotta you know, get, get the creatine. Yeah, going. you gotta swole up. You know, it's time to get down. Like I can let you guys know, I can give you guys my like workout plan. I'll be like, you know, I'll start a new podcast just on my workout plan. It'll be only one podcast because it only took me a week. <laughs> so, and I'll let you, everyone know, like, just how I got this jacked. But as soon as I get those shares, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've also been swinging between, uh, you know, just complete and total apathy and just, like, outrageous laughter. Like, right, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, just it's, been, it's been strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, just kind of walk into rooms and just stare at the grave and then just... I can the only littlest imagine, thing just sets me off, and I'm and I'm just fucking riotous laughing. I can only imagine how disruptive you were while watching this movie. Oh yeah, James. Uh, it was it was actually it actually worked out pretty well because yeah, I feel like this movie was funny enough to where like my boisterous laughter was not overcrowding oh, the rest of the people. I, I could see that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Huh. Well, moving on. <laughs> um, do we have any James Bond connections? Uh, we this week? do actually. We Thank do. You, I almost missed it dave bautista plays mr hinks the henchman in the movie specter sure does he dies off a train (laughs) he he has one line in the movie he says shit he's about to fall off of the train yep after one of the great james bond train fights which for like movies that have train fights james bond series batten a thousand this is like every train fight in a James Bond movie is awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's close quarters fighting, which is where James Bond like shines. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Um, cool. Well, uh, corrections and omissions, I guess, would be our next category um, that we're moving on from to. Any kind of uh, corrections and omissions that we have for emissions or emissions or emissions or emissions or emissions from Alien from Alien and back. Um, I have one that's kind of a Kind of cures our uh, plot hole discussion that we had at the end of our review, where we were talking about what the fuck was the alien doing with all of the people on the ship? Like, what was going on with all that? Uh, turns out, H.R. Giger's original idea for the alien is that the alien kills the humans and then turns them into an egg. That is how that works. And then they hatch into a new facehugger. Whereas James Cameron retcons all of that as being he, like, neutralizes the humans while keeping them alive, and then they lay an egg in front of them while, so, so they become their first host. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it kind of adds up a little bit better. James Cameron ruined my idea. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to do I, Matt Gorley, say Turkey Eager, and doing it badly. Necrophage on James Cameron for ruining my dream. <laughs> it was born out of a blood. You. <laughs> and hanging from my satchel. <laughs> Guys, listen check to out Super, the Ego. Super Ego podcast. Uh, Matt Gorley does a brilliant HR geeker on it. It is one of the funniest things around. Um, so yeah, that's my correction and emission from <laughs> Alien and emission. Um, all right, well, uh, moving on to uh, recommendations, rickety wreck, rickety recommendations. Should we have like intros to each of these things? Maybe, no, maybe, maybe. Know. maybe. Oh, some little yeah. theme songs. Think about it. Recommendations. Recommendations. We're gonna recommend some things for you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was beautiful. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> you should re- actually you a should spontaneous re- song. Yeah, it worked. You can record <laughs> something, and I can totally edit it in, and it would be great. Oh, well. We should we should do something. Um, anyways, uh, I do have a recommendation this week, and my recommendation is a website. It is called thehumblebundle.com. If you are a video game or book fan, this is the site for you. It is pretty bitching. It's like um, lots of proceeds go to charities. Uh, they promote independent writers and game developers, so it's a lot of like indie games and like uh, self-published authors and stuff. Yeah, I actually bought um, a Humble Bundle from uh, that was a Brandon Sanderson pack. Oh, really? Yeah. It had an amazing amount. It was like $15 like or more. Like uh, I think $15 was like the highest tier for like the yeah. largest package. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. It came with like uh, like a bunch of novellas. It came with audiobooks. It so came they're with hard graphics. copies? Are they hard no, copies? No, no. It's all it's electronic. All yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I came with, yeah, um, yeah, nove- novellas, uh, audiobooks, graphic novels, like, it, and Fuck it was yeah. like, it's so much, like, for so little money, and yeah, it goes to charity. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and you get to, like, pick your charity, right? Yeah. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a bitching website. I'm really happy I stumbled upon this. Um, like, I came upon it from the video game aspect, and I'm really thrilled that it also has books, you know, so that's my recommendation for this week. Um, how about you guys? Uh, my recommendation, which I was telling you guys about last night, is uh, Into the Badlands. Ooh, yeah. Um, it is an amazing AMC miniseries, and it is essentially like post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic is a hard word. <laughs> well, no, Pocapaca is like my favorite genre of TV. I mean, post-apocalyptic. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is. Um, and I misspoke and said that it was Donnie Yen, but it's Daniel Wu. Um, and I feel like a horrible person for confusing those two people, but um, he is fantastic in this show. And it's um, martial arts. It's like. Quentin Tarantino-esque meets Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with, like, a slightly, like, fantasy vibe and just, like, the tiniest little bit of camp in there, like, thrown in, and it's amazing. It's, wow. Wow. yeah, it's it's a really fun show to watch, and it's only six episodes, which is, like, even better because it is, like, the perfect amount to just, like, 
binge the hell out of it. Damn, that sounds great. Yeah, uh, I definitely need to watch that. <laughs> that sounds way up my alley. Yeah. Especially after watching... Uh, who's that actor's name again? I'm sorry, I'm terrible. My memory is just shot. Uh, Daniel Wu. Is Daniel the, Wu, yeah. yeah. Like, just after watching Triple X and Daniel Wu, like... I, no, no, I was, was confusing yeah, them. Was Donnie confusing Yen is Donnie, in Donnie Yen. Triple X, Daniel. but Daniel Wu is into the Batman. Okay. Yeah, I was being a horrible person confusing those two people. <laughs> well, I'm confused now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that sounds great. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, how about you, Colin? What you got? Uh, my recommendation this week is Master of None. Um, I just started season two, which uh, just came out on Netflix, but the first season is terrific. Um, yep. The second season, right away, is really good as well. I can't wait to watch more of it. Didn't season three just drop? No, season no, two. No, season two just dropped. Just season two yeah. of oh, Master okay. of None just dropped. Season three of Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt, okay. yeah. yeah. But I highly recommend Master of None if you've not seen it. It's like a really smart, really funny, uh, really just all-around well-crafted show. I, I loved season one. Uh, yeah. I love that show. It's like, I mean, if you're a fan of Aziz Ansari's uh, comedy, you'll know what you're in for because it's it's just so real. He's such a real comic. Um, yeah. <laughs> really well done. Good but, stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, cool. Well, that uh, wraps up our recommendations. Um, I do just have a couple of shout-outs that um, I kind of just always have, and that's uh, uh, the music of Mirror Fears. You can find your music on bandcamp.mirrorfears.com music's excellent um i'm actually gonna try to uh get her to record some uh the intro music for this podcast coming up here i think that'd be good um also the uh movie podscott podscott <laughs> <laughs> The, the the movie pod squad group found on twitter um you can follow them at movie pod squad or hashtag movie pod squad They're, they've just been an excellent source of just other do-it-yourself uh movie podcasts and um we love you all guys just uh feeling the love with that group um yeah that's all i got you guys got anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up episode 24 guardians of the galaxy volume 2 i'm good yeah cool well, thanks for listening, uh, and uh, this is our second uh, in our blockbuster, our ongoing summer blockbuster series. Uh, we will be doing more, I think. W- what's next in this series? Is it going to be Alien, Alien's Covenant? Oh, I'd uh, be I don't willing know. to do that. I'd be willing. Mm. Um, I've heard good things so far. It is a summer blockbuster. Yeah. And so, might be Alien Covenant. What's another one that we'll do this summer? Uh, we'll definitely be doing Valerian. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um trying to think of other um hmm it's kind of a light load this summer a lot of sequels a lot of i don't know yeah apparently the uh hollywood is like saying that they're looking at potentially like the lowest like summer box office take home like (laughs) in decades yeah i've heard in a decade well they just avoided a writer's strike so i think there's some turmoil going on in hollywood right now (laughs) yeah um i don't know if that has anything to do with this blockbuster season but um yeah, just some news coming out of Hollywood. Uh, anyways, uh, next step is going to be continue just continuing on our our sci-fi block, and the next thing that we'll be airing will be Sunshine with our good friend Julie. The return returning. of Julie. The return of Julie. <laughs> oh, Julie. Oh, Julie. <laughs> the return of Julie. <laughs> Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, join us next week for that. Uh,